Cubs up 1-0 on the Mets. You got a 2-0 lead for the Astros right now. And my Nationals, Ryan, down 4-0 to the Phillies. One dead. Not good. There you I'm, go. I'm going to do this after every pitching out. Right. I apologize. Till we get to 17, then I'll shut my mouth. Okay. One down for Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, maybe, to go. maybe don't do it the entire time. But I won't no, do it when we have like guests because okay, that'd good. be rude. But you're gonna you're gonna listen to it all night. <laughs> I don't feel bad doing it to you guys. Well, that's fine. You can do it to us. Just don't do it with a Jovan Buha is gonna jump no, I won't on make with him us right now. That, yeah. no. All right, Jovan jumps on with us now. Senior NBA writer covers the Lakers for the Athletic, and uh, let's just first look back on this deal that Anthony Davis just signed. It's gonna be sixty-two million dollars a year. It's kind of one of those things where you look at it and say. Well, obviously they had to sign him for this. They obviously had to keep him. You can't let Anthony Davis go. But when you look at this Lakers team as a whole now, we obviously incorporate some level of Anthony Davis is going to miss some games, but they're deeper. I really like the offseason the Lakers had. I really like even what they did at the deadline last year. What's sort of the ceiling for this Lakers team heading into next year? Well, as you said, they had a great offseason. I think they were one of the handful of offseason winners, and I think their ceiling is a championship. Uh, it, it might be a little optimistic given uh, the way that the Denver Nuggets swept them. Uh, I think Boston and Milwaukee uh, are still going to be at the top of the, the East and the league. I think Phoenix is really good after adding Bradley Beal and some of the veteran minimum signings that they had. Uh, but I think the Lakers are right there in that mix of the top four or five teams in the league. And if AD and LeBron can stay healthy during the regular season, they can find a way to manage their minutes and workload. Uh, get those guys to play 60, 65 games. There's no reason why this team shouldn't have home court advantage. And we saw what they did as a seven seed, uh, winning two series on the road against two of the better teams uh, in terms of home record in Memphis and Golden State. And despite it being a sweep, all four of those games were close with Denver. All four came down to the final few minutes uh, in each game. So if they can come in as a two seed, three seed, four seed, uh, have some home court advantage for at least the first couple of rounds. Uh, I think maybe they have a, a couple of four or five game series and then uh, end up facing Denver or Phoenix uh, in the conference finals. And, uh, you know, right now I would pick probably either one of those teams, uh, you know, slightly uh, ahead of them. But uh, I, th I think with AD and LeBron, you always have a chance uh, with Austin Reeves and the way that he's been ascending. Uh, I think, you know, you potentially have a big three there. Uh, Darvin Ham's talked about him as a potential all-star. So uh, I think the the sky uh, is the limit right now for the Lakers, and I still think they have more moves to make. I, I still think uh, around the February trade deadline, there's a chance that D'Angelo Russell uh, is potentially moved, and uh, this team looks a lot different uh, come playoff time. Completely agree, and that's what we were talking about. Like I like the twelve to one price right now because mm -hmm. we could see them being aggressive at the deadline. You know, especially if there's a disgruntled star somewhere uh, and they have pieces to move. But do you think they're going to be able to? Because I know they don't have a whole lot of room right now financially after the Anthony Davis deal. But there were rumors, there were reports that they were looking at Christian Wood. Because my only concern would be the backup center minutes. Do you think they're going to be able to bring in somebody like Christian Wood for the vet minimum, maybe on like a prove it year deal because he's on a new team every year? Or what do you think they do with the backup center position? Yeah, so the, the two team, uh, the two names that I've reported uh, that they have interest in are Christian Wood and Bismack Biombo. I think both guys would help them. They, they bring different skill sets. Wood's obviously more of an offensive-minded guy, uh, good three-point shooter, about a career 37% guy, uh, but soft touch inside, can get you 20 points on a given night uh, if you feature him enough offensively. And then Biombo's just a dirty work guy, uh, really good rim protector, rebounder, uh, screen setter and, and finisher inside. So I think either guy would 
bolster the front court and give them a little bit more depth and flexibility at that center spot. Because as you said, that's the one hole in the ro- the rotation right now. They have 13 guys. If you look at the depth chart, it's only Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes at center. And yeah. you need at least three centers in the modern NBA, uh, especially with, as, as we mentioned before, Anthony Davis's injury history. You know you can pencil him in 15, 20 games at a minimum that he's going to miss each season. So who plays those 48 minutes? You need Jackson Hayes plus something else. So I, I think Christian Wood gives them probably a higher ceiling just because, as we've seen, he can be that 15 to 20 point a night guy. I think he can carry some of the load in games that AD's out. But Biombo is probably the safer guy in terms of he's accepted having a smaller role. He is a vet minimum guy at this point in his career, whereas Wood comes with some defensive concerns as well as some locker room concerns with some of the things that have been reported on him throughout the year. So uh, I think either one, again, helps the roster. But uh, I think in terms of what the Lakers need, I might lean a little bit more Biombo. Yeah, Christian Wood's name's been thrown around all over the place with a lot of teams. You mentioned what he can certainly provide offensively, and we've seen what he can do on the court. But then you hear things about what he's like in the locker room, tough to get along with or whatever the case is. Like, what have you heard in terms of kind of why he's in this situation, if anything at all? Yeah, well, I I can't get too much into it because uh, mm. a lot of the stuff has been you know private. You, you just hear d- different rumors, but mm. kind of along the lines of what you said of can be a little difficult to mm-hmm. uh, get along with. I, I think has a maybe a lack of self awareness in terms of um, you know kind of viewing himself as an all star level guy or or a clear cut high level starter, uh, whereas that hasn't always been the case, and uh, and then you know defensively hasn't always put in the same level of focus and effort and energy as he does on the offensive end. So uh, I think he's clearly the most talented guy that they could sign for, you know, that backup uh, center spot. And they've talked about potentially going back to two big lineups, something that was the bedrock of their success in 2019, 20, when they started JaVale McGee next to Anthony Davis, Uh, Dwight Howard also played a lot. And you you saw him have a big impact in that Denver series when they played Denver in the Western conference Finals. So LA is considered uh, the possibility of going back to more of those lineups. And that's where I think Wood makes more sense because he can space the floor and play more on the outside where AD will, will play on the inside. Uh, with Biombo, Jackson Hayes, those guys don't space the floor. It's a little bit trickier. Uh, so I, I think there are arguments for Christian Wood, certainly. Again, I think from an upside perspective, a talent perspective, uh, he, he's about as, as good as you can get on the, you know, for that minimum. But I do think for the Lakers, they just dealt with the Russell Westbrook situation for a year and a half and having a guy who didn't have that self-awareness, didn't fully buy into his role and <laughs> saw how that kind of undermined their success. I don't think Wood would be as devastating. And again, he's on a minimum contract, so you know, he's not taking up the same salary that Russell Westbrook was. But I do think there is more inherent risk with bringing on a guy like Wood versus Biombo. I try not to overreact to what we see in summer league, but if you know you're a three and D guy in today's league, and if you could shoot, you know when you're playing with LeBron, you're probably going to find some time. And Max Christie was really good in the summer league, averaged around 18 points per game. You think that there's going to be a chance that he cracks the lineup and maybe uh, gets some run this season? I do. I, I think Max is going to be the eighth or ninth guy uh, in the rotation. I, I think he's probably going to be the backup shooting guard. Uh, if you're you know penciling in the, the depth chart. Uh, he's someone that the Lakers were really high on last year. Uh, you know, they, they bought that pick uh, to take him in the second round. And, you know, they view him as someone, as, as you said, a, a three and D prospect who is still young, is still getting a lot better. I, I think in summer league showed uh, some off the dribble chops of getting to the rim, getting to his mid range pull up, uh, getting to the free throw line more uh, defensively. He's always kind of had it even in his rookie season, like 
that was kind of the one area of the floor that uh, he was already advanced for his age, uh, but has long arms, really good, uh, you know, basketball IQ and, and just how to move his feet, how to use his hands. His hands are always up, which is something I think is underrated and, and not talked about enough when, when we talk about perimeter defense. But, he, you know, I, I think he's someone that, you know, potentially could be a closer or, or even a starter down the road. Like, I, I think that's projecting the most optimistic uh, outcome for him. But, uh, I mean, the Lakers, again, we're talking about the 2019-20 season. Uh, they went through that season starting, uh, you know, two non-point guards uh, for a lot of it with uh, Danny Green and Avery Bradley and then Danny Green and KCP in the bubble. Uh, so could one day we see Austin Reeves and Max Christie uh, forming an unorthodox starting backcourt i think it's you know it's possible and austin reeves is gonna have the ball in his hands more they want to play him more at point guard next year so i think max christie is if he continues to shoot the ball well defend at a high level and play with confidence because that was something that hampered him a little bit his rookie year just not being confident shooting the ball and, and taking shots like i think you could see him play you know be the seventh guy potentially even starting uh depending on you know how things shake out yeah, Reeves sits 20 to 1 right now as uh for most improved player. You got six guys in front of him. What is like what does he need to do to be able to win that award? Cuz it's a tricky award to gauge where sometimes it's just players maybe just go to a new team. You almost feel like the spotlight's already been on him as an improved player. Is there a next step that Austin Reeves can take where it's good enough to win most improved this year? Well, if you look at his numbers after he became uh the starter late in the season, and then into the playoffs, he was basically an 18, five and five guy with near 50, 40, 90 shooting splits. So I think if he can, you know, uh, do that over the course of a full season, uh, to me, he fits that profile of a guy who can win most improved player. Cause a lot of times, as you said, it's, it's a guy uh, goes from like a backup to a starter or he mm. changes teams or whatever. Uh, but with Austin, it was kind of like he had been playing and, and was in the rotation but all of a sudden, the Lakers kind of realize, like, this guy's too good to, to come off the bench. And, yes, we like him in this energy role, and he comes in, plays 20, 25 minutes a night. But, like, he's our third best player, and we need to start this guy, and he needs to be playing 30-plus minutes a night. So I do think his reputation kind of preceded him, and he was already viewed as a cornerstone of the Lakers. And, um, you know, just because being the, the token white guy on the Lakers, I mean, remember it with Alex Caruso. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. he was already getting probably hype that was premature to an extent, but once he got that starting role uh, again, 18, five and five, 50, 40, 90, like he was an elite scorer uh, from an efficiency standpoint. And he really stepped up as the Lakers third best player, like clear cut during that Western conference finals run. And, and even in some of those Denver games, LeBron was out of gas. You know, he, he was missing shots. Uh, Anthony Davis ha had a big game one and then was kind of quiet offensively the rest of the series. Austin Reeves was the guy who was hitting you know, dagger threes to keep the Lakers in the mix and, and making big plays down the stretch to make those games competitive. So I think, you know, he, he's on Team USA now. Uh, again, looking at that situation, like he was probably, a lot of people thought he wasn't going to play, didn't deserve to be on the roster. He's already emerged in the top seven or eight of Team USA uh, is one of their, you know, top backup guards. So I think, you know, he's another guy who just, if, if he continues to grow the way that he's grown over his first couple of years, could he be a 25 and six guy? Could he continue to shoot 50, 40, 90 on higher volume? Like, I think it's all possible. What are your thoughts on, yeah, obviously, you know, the other team, two teams in the West that made some big moves. You have Phoenix, which I really like what they did with the bench. You just worry about those guys staying healthy. And then um, 
I want to see what Chris Paul looks like in Golden State just because I don't know what that fit looks like on the basketball court. <laughs> uh, like, what do you think about some of these other teams in the West and who scares you the most other than Denver, of course? It's by far Phoenix. I think there's a chance Phoenix, um, you know, there's a lot of parity this last year in terms of uh, a lot of teams are kind of in that mid 40s to low 50s. I think Phoenix has a shot to be a high 50s, if not around 61 team. Uh, now they got to stay healthy, and that is obviously a major concern with that group. But I think it's a big three that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I almost look at it as a junior. Uh, Golden State or, or Junior Brooklyn Big Three in terms of just all three guys are plus shooters. All three guys can play with or without the basketball in their hands. And um, you know, I, I think Bradley Beal is going to have to accept that role as the number three option. But Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are two top 12 guys. Bradley Beal uh, kind of had a down year, but has been a top 25, 30 guy. So I, I just think talent's going to win out in that scenario. I really like the the vet minimum signings. Eric Gordon, yeah. uh, Utah Watanabe, Keita Bates Diop. So I really like Phoenix. I'm, I'm really high on them. And then uh, Golden State, I, I like Chris Paul, uh, the, the fit there. I know some people are skeptical, uh, but I think he's better than Jordan Poole. I think he's going to help organize the second unit. And I think when you see those small ball groupings uh, with, with the, the new death lineup with Chris Paul in there, uh, I'm just imagining Steph and Clay flying around screens, getting wide open threes, and Chris hitting them in the pocket. So uh, I'm actually optimistic on Golden State as well. Got about 90 seconds or so here. I absolutely love the Thunder. I think what they've built, that organization, what that front office is able to do in terms of identifying young talent, I think they have a chance to not even be in the play-in tournament. Maybe they're like a six seed this year. They're 40-1 to one to win the West. Like I'm, I'm not going that far, obviously, but what do you see in this Thunder team this year, and are you as high on them as I am? I am. I, I think the, the Thunder are a dark horse to be a you know home court advantage team. I, I think that that's probably... Uh, again, more of an optimistic outcome. But if you told me they're five or six seed, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, I think they got a lot of, I mean, Shea, MVP candidate last year, first team All-NBA guy. I think Chet is going to be in the rookie of the year mix. Has really shown out as an elite rim protector, has a lot of skill offensively. Josh Giddy, I think, looked really good in the, in the playing tournament, uh, playing at a high level. So uh, and that's before Jalen Williams. And just down the road, they, they're loaded with young talent. So I think OKC is a team primed to make a leap in the West. It's going to be tough. The West is loaded. You look at it, you can make a case there's 11 or 12 teams that should be in the play-in mix, should be you know potential playoff teams. Uh, but I think OKC has the talent to really make a jump next season. And even adding Case and Wallace on top of that, I mean, they just have so much talent at that guard yeah. position. It's They're almost loaded. like they have too many guards. They're absolutely loaded. Jovan yeah. Buha, really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. I, I, I really do love this Thunder team, though. Oh, like, me too. Like, I've loved them for years as just a team that's great against the spread. Me too. We're probably not going to have the same benefit because they're not going to sit there and face, like, 10-point deficits in games where they lose by eight, and you're just like, yes, they squeaked by. But, yeah, I mean, there's... I love them this year, too, man. I can't agree more. And I know I'm Horvat Heisman, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not the, I'm not the like, the hoop guru around here, but I I think uh, I think they're going to I think they're gonna have a monster year, and I think I already know who most improved player is going to be this and year. And who's that? The, 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 the man. The myth. The legend. We already gave this out. Which one? Got to go back and check out the podcast. Oh, I see what Bet you did there. tonight. Like, subscribe, review, rate, wherever you find your podcast, but especially Apple. No, no, especially the Odyssey app. What are you doing? Oh, Apple pays my wife a lot of money. Okay, but we got Odyssey is our. They don't pay for my parking. <laughs> That's true. They don't pay for our parking. Oh, it's Bet MGM tonight. <laughs>